Good morning, everyone. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. I'm your lay reader today. My name is Sarah Boswell, and I've been a member of this church for about 20 years. Here at All Souls, we welcome everyone, everyone who cares to worship with us, whatever your theological and political persuasions, whatever your age, race, gender, origin, orientation, or background. And we welcome questions questions about the great issues of life. I'd like to extend a special welcome to our guests. We're very glad you're here. Please, if you will take just a moment to fill out the white cards in front of you in the pew backs. It helps us have a record of your visit. They also are a way for you to let us know if we can be of service to you or if you would like to receive our newsletter. Once the card is filled out, you may place it in the offering basket, or if you prefer, you can hand it to the individual at the guest table in the foyer after the service. Are there any visitors who would be willing to stand and introduce yourself to us, or any member who cares to introduce a guest that they've brought? Welcome, Louise. <laughs> Welcome. I'm from Los Angeles myself. <laughs> Anyone else? Where? <laughs> Welcome. I'd like to introduce my daughter Jennifer and my son-in-law. They're visit Justin. They're visiting us this morning. As part of this morning's service, we will process together down the hallway to our congregational Thanksgiving ritual and feast. This is an all-inclusive celebration and does not require any religious affiliation whatsoever. Please stay with us to enjoy the fellowship and let us get to know each other better. Membership is open to all who are willing to support and participate in the life of this church, who contribute financially to the extent they are able, and who affirm the principles and purposes of the Unitarian Universalist Association. If you're interested in learning more about Unitarian Universalism or about membership, there are people in the foyer at our visitors' table ready to answer your questions. Announcements and activity information are included with your order of service, I believe on a white sheet of paper. Please read through these when you have a chance and take them home with you for future reference. And feel free to join us for any of the activities on on that. Um, And guests are always welcome at any of the events. And our chaplain, Barbara Jarrell, wishes to make a couple announcements. I want to run a couple of things past you. I have looked at the grounds and noticed that fall is beginning to happen. The Green Group has discussed wanting to maybe begin a composting um, pile, yeah, but but <laughs> routine, 
maybe so that we so that we are becoming more green. We're working on this a little at a time. But I wanted to see hands of how many people think they might be available to work and do some ground stuff to help create that pile either Friday or Saturday of after Thanksgiving. Yeah? Which is it, Friday? Okay, Saturday? Okay, it looks like Saturday's it. So maybe we can meet here about 9 o'clock Saturday and see how much work we could uh, accomplish to get that started. So it's a functional thing. I wanted to let you know or give you a heads up that uh, December the 13th will be our annual uh, grown-up Christmas party at the Boswell's house. We used to have this as a progressive dinner um, that moved from place to place, but over the years it got to fewer and fewer places, and now it's stationary. <laughs> and um, we, it will, we will be inviting people to bring uh, stuff. Uh, main courses, I think, will be provided, but, but otherwise um, it's kind of a potluck of sorts. There's a green sheet in your order of service to fill out what you might be willing to bring to that. The children's party will happen here at the church um, when on the 21st. I wanted to remind you that we have new hymnals in the pews and that many of them are seeking sponsorship. You can dedicate them to someone by paying the price of the hymnal. Um, also, if you have hymnals at your house that you have not purchased to have at your house, please bring them back to us. They, this is their home, and, and they're homesick. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at the end of this service, we're going to have uh, a little bit of a different thing as we process down to the social hall for our feast and our Thanksgiving ritual. The ushers are going to come forward as we finish the last hymn that's in your order of service. And they'll begin asking the rows from this part of the church to stand up and file out down towards the social hall. We ask that you go all the way to the far end of the social hall and then you'll be shown where to sit just for the ritual. After the ritual, when we go to serve our plates and stuff, you can sit wherever you choose. But just for the... um, uh, celebration we're going to do it a little bit more formally um, okay Robert has an announcement uh, my posse and I are here to talk to you this morning. <laughs> my name is Robert Smith and I have visited LA so that's um <laughs> Uh, I've been a UU since 1985. I uh, first came to this church as, at the exhortations of a co-worker and found a home. My partner, Susan, uh, is, as many of you know, the district executive for the Southwest uh, District of the UUA. And uh, we are blessed to have uh, come to this wonderful religion in this wonderful church we are also blessed to have experienced many other UU churches uh, during our last 20 years together and to have a sense of our place in the broader UU community. So when we pledge, it is with the knowledge that we support not only our home church, but the broader mission of the Unitarian Universalist Association. 
We know what we plan to give when we join a church, based not on whether or not we like or even know the name of the minister. It's something that we are dedicated to, and we already know what we're going to do. It's based on our sense of being Unitarian Universalist and our commitment to the good news that is Unitarian Universalism. As I said, we met and were married in this church. She was once the administrator of this church, and I have in the past been president of the board of this church. I was part of the group that decided to leave our comfortable little building over on Shreveport-Barksdale Highway and come to this wonderful location in the wilderness. We give not what we feel that we should give, but what we know that we can. We understand the connection between our gifts and the work of this church. We know in our hearts something we were told by a friend, and that is that giving until it feels good comes after giving until it hurts. No organization can plan for its future without a budget. Checks in the plates are nice, but only a pledge of record enables us to plan for the health and future of this church. Now is the time to decide, will we go forward with professional leadership, and is this beautiful facility where we plan to stay? I don't know about you, but I will quote my wife as saying that many's the Sunday that the best sermon I've heard all year has come at me through those windows right there. I encourage you, if you have not yet made your pledge of record to the church, to do so today. You have these forms in your order of service, and if the Spirit moves you and you've already pledged and you would like to increase that pledge based on your new (laughs) paradigm shift, do that as well. You may put these in the plates as the ushers come around during the collection. I thank you. I hope that you will give from your hearts. Bless you. Lift your hearts and thoughts in thanksgiving before the spirit of truth and of life. Behold with kind eyes the company assembled here. In a world where the wheat and the weeds grow in the same field, where suffering and greed often seem to us to be as plentiful as joy and justice, the call to bless comes to us, swelling in our hearts the call to single out the graciousness of life with words of thanksgiving and beauty. This day we are grateful for this place in which we are gathered, for the peace accorded us in this hour, and for the hope with which we can face a new day. Our chalice lighters this morning are David, Audrey, and Jacqueline McCarty. Let us kindle this flame as the symbol of our gratitude for all those things which unite us and with each other and with the eternal order of the universe. Thank you. Our affirmation this morning is a song of gratitude within each of our hearts. Let us give it voice with a song that will be woven through the service today in various places and with various words. And for thanksgiving, we need a voice to say the wordless things that lie at the heart of being, 
to speak the pulsations of life, the rising, shimmering sun, the silent cycle of seasons, the restless tides of breath, the interlaced fabric of community, the interdependence of humanity. We need a voice to say amen to life in its sameness and its variety, in its simplicity and its complexity, in its joy and its grief, in its agony and its ecstasy. As we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live them. John F. Kennedy said that. Living gratitude is a far different thing than expressing gratitude. And it's something that moves deeper into us the more we do it. Gratitude is the one most profound feeling that we can experience. It's the hallmark of mindful humanity. It lifts our lives out of ignorance and isolation, for it is through the eyes of gratitude that one is able to see our essential interconnectedness. In fables, the virtue of gratitude is often assigned to animals. For example, Aesop tells the tale of a grateful eagle. Once upon a time, there was a plowman, which is just another name for a farmer. And he was working in his field when he noticed that over next to the wood, an eagle was snared in a net. He went over and very carefully freed the eagle from the net. And the eagle immediately flew away. But he never forgot the farmer's kindness. He stayed at a distance and time passed, but he kept an eye on the plowman. One day, the eagle noticed that a wall was about to crash down on the plowman. The eagle flew down, snatched the farmer's hat, and flew away. Well, the farmer was furious. He immediately started chasing the eagle, and no sooner had he moved a safe distance from the wall that it collapsed. The eagle's gratitude had saved the farmer. It's funny how things can have effects, isn't it? What do you think the farmer did after that? Was he grateful? Probably so. When we remember to show people our gratitude, it's kind of like that movie, Pay It Forward. Things start to happen And it builds and builds and builds. We need reminders of the fullness and richness of life. Out of the accumulated wisdom of the past and out of our own experience, they must come. For the sun and the dawn, which we did not create. For the moon and the evening, which we did not make. For food, which we plant but cannot grow. 
For friends and loved ones we cannot earn and cannot buy. For this gathered company, which welcomes us as we are, from wherever we have come. For all our free churches that keep us human and encourage us in our quest for beauty, truth, and love. For all things which come to us as gifts of being from sources beyond ourselves. Gifts of love and love and friendship. We lift up our hearts and thanks this day. There's a calmness to a life lived in gratitude. A quiet joy. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It turns problems into gifts, failures into success, the unexpected into the perfect thing, and mistakes into important events. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace to today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Meister Eckhart said, if the only prayer you said in your whole life was thank you, that would suffice. This morning... I know that we have cares and things that can weigh heavy on us. Kids, y'all are being great. And the grown-ups really appreciate it. In this next thing that we're going to do, Sarah and I are going to take turns talking. And each time we stop, y'all can answer We give thanks this day. Okay? And we invite the adults to turn to to number 512 in their hymnals. For the expanding grandeur of creation, worlds known and unknown, galaxies beyond galaxies, filling us with awe and challenging our imaginations, we give thanks this day. For this fragile planet Earth, its times and tides, its sunsets and seasons, we give thanks this day. For the joy of human life, its wonders and surprises, its hopes and achievements, we give thanks this day. For our human community, our common past and future hope, our oneness transcending all separation, our capacity to work for peace and justice in the midst of 
hostility, and depression. We We give thanks this day for high hopes and noble causes, for faith without fanaticism, for understanding of views not shared. We We give give thanks thanks this day for all who have labored and suffered for a fairer world, who have lived so that others might live in dignity and freedom. We give thanks this day for human liberty and sacred rights, for opportunities to change and to grow, to affirm and choose. We We give thanks this day. We We pray pray that we may not not by our fears, but by our hopes, not by our words, but by our deeds. At any moment that we find gratitude within our hearts, we also find redemption. Did you know that the words gratitude, grace, and Eucharist all have the same root? Isn't that interesting? Um, They refer to favor, thanks, goodwill, and pleasing quality. Um, The Sanskrit form means to sing praises. Gratitude comes from stepping outside a sense of entitlement and acknowledging that much that is ours we are not responsible for and could not have generated on our own. Gratitude is a considerable part of living in accordance with many of the major world religions, most of them probably. Paying four debts of gratitude is uh, an expected part of the Buddhist tradition. The theme of thanksgiving is pervasive in the Hindu tradition, as this story indicates. A guru was sitting with his two disciples under a sprawling banyan tree in India. The older student inquired, Guruji, how long must I wait until I realize God? The teacher responded, enlightenment is not something that can be predicted. But since you have asked, he leaned over and spoke in the right ear, it will be 20 more lives. Oh, no, the youth cried in dismay. I don't know if I can wait that long. The other follower, naturally curious, asked of his own future. The guru whispered, liberation will come after you live as many lives as this banyan tree has lived. Maybe as many lives as this banyan tree has leaves. Hearing this, the seeker jumped to his feet and began to dance. Why? He was suddenly overtaken with the assurance that he would ultimately be liberated. Ecstatic with appreciation, he transcended the mind and the path of depreciation And for him, the pot was half empty. I mean, half, wait, half full. Wait, I'm missing a sentence here. (laughs) 
Anyway, the first student, the first student, in his disappointment, experienced only what he had already known because the cup was half empty. The student, out of his gratitude, experienced more than his wildest dreams. In Islam, the Holy Quran repeatedly asserts the necessity for gratitude and thankfulness to God. In Sufism, the mystical tradition of Islam, entire book chapters are devoted to how to develop gratitude. Various forms of the word thank, like thanks, thankful, thankfulness, uh, appear in the Bible 139 times. In Judaism, gratitude permeates the entire worship experience and is supposed to permeate the worshiper's life. Explaining the significance of gratitude to Christianity, 17th century theologian Jonathan Edwards wrote, The gracious stirrings of grateful affection to God in which love flows from the heart as a response to the divine is one of the surest ways to discern the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Since gratitude is such a key part of many religions and spiritual traditions, one might begin to wonder why. There have been studies done on gratitude and its effects. The findings consistently show that an attitude of gratitude improves your energy, your health, and your ability to to communicate with other people. Grateful people are more happy, hopeful, and helpful. While some complain that thorns are a part of roses, others delight that roses were put among the thorns. Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote, Can you see the holiness in those things you take for granted? A paved road, a washing machine. If you concentrate on finding what is good in every situation, you'll discover that your life will suddenly be filled with gratitude, a feeling that nurtures the soul. The people who have done the studies recommend that you begin intentionally making note of things for which you're grateful. And they also suggest that it doesn't just have to be your nature to be happy and grateful. If you make an effort to each day stop at one place and acknowledge things for which you're grateful, your life will improve. Now, isn't it ironic that being selfish about gratitude (laughs) can make your life better? I'm going to make a more concerted effort to do that, and I hope that you will too. Our processional hymn, you will stay here for the first two verses and then um, follow the, the usher's instructions. Please, back to our ritual feast and 
We hope that all of you will stay. The hymn is number 349.